koinonia, Christian fellowship, communion with God and with fellow Christians. Koinonia, an association of people who share common beliefs and activities. This is koinonia. This is community. And now, your host, Tom Brown. Welcome to Koinonia on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. I'm Pastor Jeff McAfee filling in for Tom Brown today. Uh, What a great pleasure it is to be here for Tom Brown. What a great blessing Tom Brown is to this community. I know he certainly is a great blessing in my own life. And uh, and what a, what a, what a pleasure it is for me to be here today and fill in uh, for Tom. I'm I'm Pastor Jeff. I've you know every now and then Tom gives me a call to come in and and uh, fill his chair. And I, I I'm the pastor. I'm the lead pastor of Parkway Church here in Phoenix, Arizona. And you can find us at ParkwayChurch.com. And we're uh, located at 1751 East Maryland Avenue. That's in Phoenix, Arizona, 85016. We have services every Sunday morning at 1030. We do a Bible study on Wednesday nights. We have terrific ministries for all members of the family, the kids, the youth, the seniors, the men, the women. Uh, great, great place to come and get plugged in. We are a good community church, and we're that way for a reason. Uh, try and keep it good and tight, and would love to welcome you to one of our services. We'd love to see you on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night. I've been the lead pastor there for, well, it's coming up on uh, seven years, and uh, man, I sure enjoy it. It's a great church. Uh, I've been here before, as I said a moment ago, and for those of you who have heard me before, you know I'm a I'm a family guy. I've got a a wife, Kendra, who uh, I have been married to for 21 years. Uh, God bless her. We've got three great kids. Uh, my son Ethan is 16 years old. He is at the League of Cities gathering today out in Scottsdale. Uh, exercising his uh, interest in public service. I'm so proud of him. My girls are um, 11 and 8, and they are Anna and Ella. And they just, uh, they're all about the nonstop dancing, twirling, singing, talking. You know how it is. I'm really blessed. I've got so many great friends, and uh, my family is so wonderful. It's good to be working in the kingdom of God, and I'm glad to be here today. There's a lot going on. I've got a great message for us today. When I come here and fill in the chair, I like to just give a good teaching about an awesome Bible story, an epic one, I like to say. And we're going to do that today, so I want you to stay tuned. And we've got a great, great story that we're going to be talking about. Before we do, though, I want to open up in prayer. And there's a lot to pray about today because, uh, well, you know, we've got some things going on around the world. We have an earthquake that just took place in Italy. Uh, that crews are coming in from all over the world right now to help in the cleanup of that. Uh, we've got, as I, as I read this morning, uh, an attack on an American university in Afghanistan. Uh, one dead, 25 wounded there. And of course, we've got the flooding that is taking place in Louisiana right now. Did you know that over 100,000 homes were affected by this flood? Can you imagine if your home were affected in such a way? These folks really need our prayers. Over 120,000 people have filed 
for the aid that our government is going to be offering. So, Lord, right now we want to lift up these prayer requests, these concerns. God, all around the world, we need you to be working in a powerful way. So many people asking big questions, God, about who you are and where you are at. And I pray that you would ignite the church. Light them on fire, Lord. Let your servants be the salt and light that are needed in this time of need. I pray your blessing on our time together right here today. And Lord, we pray this in Jesus' name. Well, you're listening to Koinonia on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. I'm Jeff McAfee filling in for Tom Brown today, and we'll be back in just a few minutes. Welcome back to Koinonia on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. I'm Jeff McAfee filling in for Tom Brown. Uh, Great to be here today. God bless you. I also want to remind you and encourage you to uh, vote on August 30th uh, this year. Uh, There's there's an excellent guide at azvoterguide.com put out by the Center for Arizona Policy. Uh, If you know anything about that organization, they are committed to serving the needs of the citizens of Arizona from a unique and dedicated Christian perspective. And they put out an excellent guide so that uh, by the time you arrive at the uh, polling uh, booth, uh, you are well prepared. So check that out. Also want to encourage you to um, check out the KPXQ app which you can download at the App Store or on Google Play. You can download that to your phone. And, you know, you don't have to be tied to a radio to listen to all of your favorite shows on KPXQ. So uh, whatever is being broadcast live, you can listen to right there on your phone. So be sure and go to the App Store and download that app. Today I want to share with you uh, one of my favorite stories in the New Testament. Uh, It's a story that uh, focuses on one of the healings of Jesus Christ. And it's a story of the paralytic man being lowered through the roof to be healed by Jesus. It's found in Mark chapter 2, starting in verse 1. I'm going to read this to you right now. Uh, I'm reading out of the NIV. Here we go. Mark chapter 2, verse 1. A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. So many gathered that there was no room left, not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. Some men came, bringing to him a paralytic carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus And after digging through it, lowered the mat the paralyzed man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, Why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit that this is what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, Why are you thinking these things? Which is easier, to say to the paralytic, your sons are forgiven, or to say, get up, take your mat, and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. He got up. 
took his mat and walked out in full view of them all. And this amazed everyone. And they praised God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. Praise God. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Koinonia on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. I'm Jeff McAfee. Filling in for Tom Brown, and today we're talking about this uh, amazing story of Jesus healing the paralyzed man lowered through the roof. I want to draw your attention to the crowds in this story. You know, the crowds play such a strong theological role in the ministry of Jesus Christ. And when you read about his story, when you read about his ministry through the Gospels, the, the crowds are always there. And, and here in the book of Mark, they're really highlighted in a profound way. So I want to draw our attention to that. Before I do this, though, I want, to, I want to tell you a quick story about my daughter, Anna. She, now, she is my middle child. She's my oldest daughter, but she's my middle child. And she is uh, nowhere close to being your typical normal middle child. Uh, she is 11 years old. She's a joy of my life. And she has a little situation about herself that she gets from her mother. She's afflicted. She's afflicted with the disease of organization. And it's really cute to see this at just 11 years old, because if there is a mess, she is there cleaning it up. And she really loves to do this. In fact, um, it's not uncommon for her to come and get me and say, Dad, come here and look at this. And when I go, I'm being brought into her room to find how she is uh, organized her closet or organized her drawers. As a matter of fact, we just got back from a couple of days at the beach, uh, uh, just a last minute uh, uh, pop down to the beach to rest before school started. And and uh, sure enough, uh, as soon as we got to our little condo where we checked in, uh, just a few minutes after we arrived, Anna came with great enthusiasm to come and show me how she had arranged her drawers. And uh, and her sister is the same way, Ella. But, you know, here's, here's, here's the point. What's the point, Pastor Jeff? Here's the point. She does what she loves to do. And the, the connection between the crowds and Jesus is that the crowds are always there. And when the crowds are there, Jesus is doing what he loves to do. Jesus is doing what is natural for him to do. When the crowds showed up, Jesus began his ministry. He saw their needs. And when Jesus saw their needs, he got to work. He saw that the people were lost and in need of a shepherd. And so he would shepherd them. He saw that the people were lost and that they were in need of truth. And so he would teach to them and he would preach to them. He saw that they needed a way. And so, of course, he would show them the way to the Father. He saw their needs and he would get to work. And, you know, this is what God does, doesn't he? He sees your needs and he gets to work. And this is what Jesus does for you. He loves you. He sees your needs. And when he sees your needs, he gets to work. My challenge for you this afternoon is, are you bringing your needs to Jesus? Because Jesus can't minister to your needs if you're not bringing them to him. Now, some of you are, are good church-going folk, right? But that doesn't mean that you're bringing your needs to Jesus. Some of you will attend church every Sunday and you'll do so faithfully. But that still doesn't mean that you're bringing your needs to Jesus Christ. You know, I can go to the doctor's office 
and sit in the waiting room all day long. But until I bring my need to the doctor, I'm not going to get the healing that I need. So I want to challenge you as a pastor in this moment and, and, and challenge you and encourage you at the same time. Are you bringing your needs to Jesus Christ? Don't go to church and sit in the parking lot. Don't go to church and, and sit on a pew and be disengaged from what the Spirit is doing. You have such a wonderful opportunity. You're part of the crowds. And if you show up and bring your need to Jesus, he will do what he loves to do. How many of you know the truth that faith requires action? Amen. Faith requires action. It's not enough to believe in your brain that Jesus can heal you. It's not enough for you to believe in your brain that, that Jesus can bring a solution to your situation. Maybe you're having a, an issue with relationships. Maybe it's financial. Maybe it's emotional. Maybe it's physical, whatever the case might be. You might believe in your mind that Jesus can heal you, but your faith requires some action on your part. Amen. You've got to do your part. So receive this admonishment given to you in love today. Uh, Do your part. Go to church. And when you're there, engage. Go with an expectant heart and really bring your need to Jesus. You see, the healings and the miracles, they go to those who put their faith in action. And if you don't believe me, consider some of these other great stories in the Bible. What about the story of the woman with the issue of blood? And how she fought her way through that crowd to get access to Jesus. She was putting her faith in action. What about blind Bartimaeus? What a great story that is. You remember that story as blind Bartimaeus sat on the edge of the road. And when he heard that Jesus was walking by, he began to cry out as loud as he could, Jesus, have mercy on me. And he cried out over and over again. You see, he was putting his faith in action, and we need to be able to put our faith in action. And so when you go to church, bring your needs to the only one who can heal them. Don't stay out in the waiting room. Don't stay out in the parking lot. Don't sit there idle in, on your chair or in your pew and, and be disengaged. Really connect with Jesus Christ and let him heal your hurts. Amen. Pray. You know how you do this in church? Some of you might be wondering right now, what does this look like? How do I engage my faith in church? Well, there's a couple of things that you can do, and let's get really practical for just a moment here. The first thing that you do is you pray. So when you're at church, you find your prayer warriors. Amen. These are the people who have the spiritual gift of prayer. And don't think for just a moment that that you're going to be bothering them or that they're going to be put out by you approaching them. Remember, this is their spiritual gift. They love to do this. So I would encourage you to know who it is in your congregation that has the spiritual gift of prayer. God has given them an ability through his Holy Spirit to intercede on your behalf. Know who those people are. And of course, don't, don't, don't forget reaching out to your pastor for prayer or one of the pastors on staff for prayer as well. Now, some churches, they have an altar time at the end of the service or at some point during the service 
We do that at Parkway Church, by the way. Uh, we're, this is a real um, active part of our time of worship every Sunday. Uh, we open the altars at the end of the service, and I invite people to come down. I, I have anointing oil where I anoint people and pray over them. If your church has a time like this, then I encourage you, this is the time. This is the time where you get to put your faith in action. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Koinonia on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. I'm Jeff McAfee. I'm filling in for Tom Brown today. And today we're talking about this amazing story in the New Testament of Jesus healing the paralyzed man who was lowered through the roof. I also want to draw our attention here this morning to the to the community. This this paralyzed man was obviously part of a rich community of faith. And how many of you know that uh, being a Christian is not uh, a soul journey? It's not a solo journey. Amen. We've got more of that when we come back for our break. And, hey, I want to invite you to call. If you'd like to join the conversation today or even ask a question, you can reach me. I'm here. I'm live. I'm at the mic. The number is 602-274-1360. And you're listening to Koinonia on Faith Talk, 1360 KPXQ. I'm Jeff McAfee filling in for Tom Brown today. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Welcome back to Koinonia on Faith Talk 1360. I'm Jeff McAfee filling in for Tom Brown. Today we're talking about the epic story in the New Testament of the paralyzed man being lowered through the roof to be healed by Jesus. And before the break, we were talking about the community, the community aspect in this story and how important it is to be part of a a genuine community of faith. And how many of you know that you can't be a Christian without community? Did you know this? I'm going to explain this in just in the next several moments. Not long ago, I I watched uh, a very inspirational movie called The Freedom Riders. I know it's a little old. It's probably 10 years old. Uh, There's such a great scene in that movie near the end when uh, the students were being asked to uh, uh, give a a testimony or, or maybe speak about how the class had really changed their lives and what kind of an impact. And one young man who had been in the shadows for uh, much of the movie had spoken about how important this class was for him in being able to get through a difficult time in his life. And it spoke so perfectly to the dynamic of how much you need good, genuine community in your Christian faith in your Christian journey. Because, you know, sometimes you're going to find yourself in an interesting spot, like our paralyzed man who wanted to get to Jesus, and he was willing to go to Jesus, willing to put his faith into action, 
but he was physically impossible. Uh, it was physically impossible for him to do so. Sometimes you need to go to the doctor and you're willing and you want to go, but you need someone to take you there. You see, thankfully, this paralyzed man in this story in Mark chapter 2 was involved in a community of faith. And community plays a big part in your faith journey. You can't be a Christian without community. You can try, but it never works out well. And I want to explain to you just very briefly the theology of how, how this works. And, and by the way, I'm, I'm here live today. If you'd like to, to join the conversation or ask a question, I encourage you to call. Love to talk with you. The number is 602-274-1360. Amen. Love to hear from you. You know, the Bible says that you are created in the image of God. And God, as you know, is God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. So when we talk about God, our understanding of God is not complete unless we understand God as God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. That means that God is forever and eternally a relational being, always in relationship between the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. There is a uh, an eternal relationship between them. The Word of God says that you were created in God's image, and that means that you are a relational person if you are created in His image. So you are in right relationship with God when all is going well, and you're in right relationship with others when all is going well. And by the way, let me point out that when you read and when you look at the Ten Commandments, you'll note that those deal with you being in right relationship with God and in right relationship with others. And this is how God intended it for to be for you. So, you know, when, when we talk about being whole and, uh, and who you are as a person, um, you are not complete as a person unless you are in right relationship with others. And you're not complete as a person until you are in right relationship with the other. Amen. And this is what it means to be created in the image of God. Amen. Uh, This is how it's supposed to be. As a Christian, uh, you need to be in right relationship with others. Amen. You can't be a Christian without community. And this is what I tell uh, our, our blessed members of Parkway Church, where I'm the lead pastor, I tell them all the time, hey, I need you. I need you. You got to be here. The Holy Spirit works through you in ways that he doesn't work through me. And, And I need you. Our community needs you and the gifts that the Holy Spirit has given you. Maybe you're listening today and you've been given the gift of encouragement. You know, your community of faith needs that gift in operation. Some of you have the gift of giving. And, uh, and don't be ashamed about that. You are a great supporter of the ministries of the church. Some of you have a gift of mercy, of prophecy, of uh, words of wisdom. We can go on and on and on. You know, I'm a better person when I'm involved in a genuine community of faith, and so are you. Amen. And, you know, a community of faith is more than just socializing. It's more than just accountability. Accountability, excuse me. It is transparency, and it's transparency in the presence of Jesus Christ. It's a kind of transparency that when it's done right, 
It says that um, I give you permission to speak into my life. I let you see me as who I am, and you let me see you as who you are, and you give me permission to speak into your life. And this is what a good, healthy, genuine community of faith does. Amen. You can't be a Christian without being in a community. Amen. You're not complete until you are known in this way by those around you. And you're certainly not complete unless you are known by God. Amen. So when you're in a community of faith, people rise up to help you in your time of need, just like they did for this paralyzed man who had no way of getting to Jesus. But I want to, I want to challenge you in this moment as well, as much as I'm laying the groundwork here, I want to challenge you. You know, some people uh, like to hang out on the fringe. They like to come to church and sit in the parking lot or just sit on the pew but they're never engaging. They're never investing. They're never putting their faith into action. And I want to tell you that this doesn't work as a Christian. It doesn't work when you're not investing into your community of faith. You know, hey, praise God. Listen, Christians are good people, but even Christians can grow weary of people who refuse to invest in the community, and yet they stand there holding their hands out for help when their world starts crashing in. So receive this today from me, Pastor Jeff. I'm telling you this in love. Be involved in your church. Don't sit on the sidelines. Really be a genuine part of your community. And if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Koinonia on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. I'm Pastor Jeff McAfee filling in for Tom Brown today. We're going over the epic story of Jesus healing the paralyzed man lowered through the roof. You see, this paralyzed man was part of a community of faith. And when the opportunity arose for the paralyzed man to get healing, his community rose up around him. They got him where he needed to be. So next time you're in a spot where you need the help of others, uh, don't be afraid to put your faith into action. Amen. Let me, let me draw our attention now to the courage of faith that is shown in this story as well. Amen. Uh, many of you uh, have been watching the Olympics over the last, um, what is it, two and a half weeks they went on. And uh, we just watched the closing ceremony a few days ago. How many of you saw the, and, and were inspired by the refugee team for the first time in Olympic history? The Olympic team of the Olympics sponsored a group of refugees uh, so that they could compete in the Olympics. Uh, There were 10 athletes from four different countries. They were homeless as they fled their countries to find refuge. Uh, They were were without a country. They were without a, a national anthem. They were without a flag. And many of them, in fact, all of them, overcame overwhelming odds in order to make it to the Olympic field. And uh, I have such great admiration for the Olympic team this year that uh, really made it possible for those athletes to be able to compete. Uh, One of them was highlighted in the opening ceremonies, a young girl, a Syrian swimmer who braved the Mediterranean Sea in a little dinghy that uh, as it was approaching the shoreline, uh, the dinghy began to sink as the story goes. 
And uh, this young girl at only 17 years old got out of the boat and helped pull that boat ashore and saving everybody on board. They had to overcome incredible odds. And you see this playing through in this story about the paralyzed man, don't you? You see, the group of men couldn't get to Jesus through an ordinary way. And so they employed an extraordinary way. They dug a hole in the roof and they lowered the paralyzed man below to Jesus. You know, the people in the crowd saw their actions and they probably judged them to be audacious, but not Jesus. When Jesus saw their actions, he judged them to be faithfully courageous. And it was their courage of faith that brought healing to the paralyzed man. Let me remind you of Mark 2, verse 5, right from this story. Now, pay attention to this. It says that when Jesus saw their faith, that is, the faith of the friends, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. How many of you know that, that faith always takes courage? Amen. Let me say that again. Faith always takes courage. Obstacles are, they're always going to be part of the economy of faith. Faith is always designed to be this way. It requires an effort on your part. Faith requires action, doesn't it? Faith requires a little courage on your part. There's going to be an obstacle involved. Otherwise, think about this and don't miss this. Otherwise, it wouldn't require any faith. Faith requires a little effort beyond your comfort and convenience. How many of you know that comfort and convenience are antithetical to faith? Amen. They don't require anything from you. It's, it's easy to sit on a couch and, uh, and live a life that doesn't require any faith, doesn't require uh, for you to uh, take that first step out of the boat, you know, that Peter had to take. So faith always takes courage. And boy, do we see that illustrated so powerfully in this story of these four faithful friends who had to overcome incredible odds to get this man access to Jesus Christ. Amen. Join me today. I'd love to hear from you. If you've got a question or a comment, you can call me at 602-274-1360. You're listening to Koinonia on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. I'm McAfee filling in for Tom Brown. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Welcome back to Koinonia on Faith Talk 1360. I'm Jeff McAfee. Filling in for Tom Brown, today we're talking about this epic story from the New Testament of the Jesus healing the paralyzed man being lowered through the roof. We've uh, already uh, noted the power of uh, community uh, in this story and how these This poor paralyzed man had no way to get to Jesus had it not been for his four faithful friends. And uh, and now we're we're drawing our attention to this courageous faith 
that these four men exercised as they brought their friend to Jesus. They had heard that Jesus was back in town, and, uh, and they knew that this was their opportunity. And so they, they grabbed their friend, uh, one on each corner of the mat, and, and they, they traveled, they, they brought him to Jesus, and when they got there, they were greeted by a massive crowd, a crowd that was too large for them to get their friend to Jesus. And so when they saw that there was no ordinary way to get their friend to Jesus, they took extraordinary measures to get him there. Praise God, they got him up to the roof. They removed some of the tiles, they dug a hole through the roof, and they lowered the man on his mat all the way down to the presence of Jesus. And, and here's one thing that I really want you to get a hold of, and, and don't miss this. It really illustrates the importance of community and why you need to be involved in a genuine community of faith in your church. Mark 2, 5, a verse from this story it says that when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven. You see, it was when Jesus saw the faith of the four men that he was able to grant forgiveness of sins to the paralyzed man. Jesus did not say to the paralyzed man, I see your faith and your sins are forgiven. The word of God declares that he saw the faith of their friends, the faith of his friends. And then he said, son, your sins are forgiven. Yeah, listen, faith always takes courage. It does. And this is the way God has designed it. Otherwise, it wouldn't take faith, would it? Uh, it, it always it takes faith. If you consider Peter, whom I had referenced right before the break, uh, it took a lot of faith for, for Peter to take that first step out of the boat. And, and Peter had, the, uh, had the, the advantage of looking at Jesus uh, out there in front of him. I know it was a, a big storm was raging. But, you know, faith always takes courage. Uh, and that's, that's the way God has designed it. You know, God is never going to call you to do something that you can do in your own power. And I want you to think about this. Because if you can do it in your own power, then guess who you don't need? <laughs> you don't need the one who's calling you into a deeper and greater relationship with him. So, you know, as a mature believer, we've got to get this down. Faith is going to take some courage. Your faith is not going to grow unless there's some courage being exercised. You know, faith is like a muscle, isn't it? And a muscle is not going to grow until it is ripped and torn and stressed. And then when it heals, it's stronger. All right. Comfort, convenience. These work against faith. They don't require anything from you. And yes, God loves you too much to let you perish in your comfort and convenience. But here's some good news. The good news is that faith always wins over obstacles. You see, there was a lot of faith going on in this group. Jesus saw the faith of the men carrying the paralyzed man, and it was because of their faith that his sins were forgiven. I want to encourage you today. Jesus is always looking for faith. He is. When the crowds are around him, he is energized. And when the crowds are there, he is looking for faith. Bring your needs to Jesus Christ in a posture of faith. He is looking for your faith and he will see your faith. And when he sees your faith, he gets to work. Amen. 
Do you remember that verse in the Bible that says, the Lord is enthroned on the praises of his people? You know, when you come to God in a posture of praise, that is a posture of faith, God gets to work. Amen. That's what a king does when he sits on his throne. He's not in a position of leisure when he's on his throne. He's working. Amen. Jesus is looking for faith. When he sees your faith, he gets to work. If you don't believe me, consider Second Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9. The Word of God declares that the eyes of the Lord move to and fro throughout the earth, and, he's, and that he may strongly support those whose heart is completely his. Amen. God's eyes are looking. He's always looking. Your problem is that you're always sitting. You're out in the parking lot or you're on the pew. Even though you might be on the fringe, you're not pressing in. You're not putting your faith into action. You're not allowing Jesus to see your faith because you're not putting it into action. Well, receive this from me in this moment. Uh, Put your faith into action and let the Lord see it. He's got the eyes. He's looking for it so that he can strongly support those whose heart is completely his. And if you don't believe, if you still don't believe me, consider Hebrews 11, 6. The word of God says that without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. Amen. Boy, how easy does it get? Amen. That Jesus is looking for your faith. And when you come to him, know that he is real. Know that he has a a heart that is for you. Know that he has eyes that are looking for your faith. And Hebrews 11, 6 tells us that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. Hey, isn't it great news? Isn't it good to know that you only need the tiniest sliver of faith for this to work? You don't need the faith of Billy Graham. You don't need the faith of Mother Teresa. All you need is the tiniest little bit of faith. The faith of a mustard seed is what the Bible declares. Years ago when I used to wear a watch, I used to take a little mustard seed and put it in one of the open holes on the band. I had a watch that had a leather band. And I would stick a mustard seed right in one of those open holes and I could always look down on it as a reminder of how little faith. Listen, don't miss this. You don't need much. The tiniest little bit is all that Jesus Christ needs to bring you what you so desperately need in your life. Amen. If you're just tuning in, you're you're listening to Koinonia on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. I'm Pastor Jeff McAfee from Parkway Church. I'm filling in for Tom Brown today. Today we're talking about this great story of the paralyzed man being lowered through the roof to Jesus. Listen, you need to be a part of a, a genuine community of faith. There's going to be a time in your life, if it hasn't already come, where you're going to uh, find that your faith tank is a little empty and you need to rely on the faith of those around you. And this is not the first time that we've seen this in the Bible, by the way. There's plenty of other stories. And and I was surprised to see this as I was studying this out long ago about how many times people were healed by Jesus Christ that were healed because of their faith community going on their behalf. Consider the centurion's servant in Luke chapter 7. This was a Roman soldier 
This wasn't even a a Jew. He was a, a Roman soldier who had a servant who was ill. And he came to Jesus, asking Jesus to come and heal his servant uh, on his servant's behalf. And you know, Jesus healed the servant without ever even going to him. Amen. What about Jairus's daughter found in Mark chapter 5, who Jairus went on behalf of his daughter? Amen. How many of you parents have already reached out in a prayer of faith for your kids? You've already seen the Lord work in a powerful way as you have prayed for your kids. What about the blind man at Bethsaida who received his healing? What about the Syrophoenician woman's daughter in Matthew chapter 15? They all received their healing because others went to bat for them. Boy, how much do we need to be involved in a genuine community of faith? Praise God. I want to I share with you what the faith of others can do for you. Amen. And I'm talking to you who right now are engaged in church, but you're kind of on the sidelines. You're not investing into your church community. You're there when your world is collapsing, asking for help, but you're not really there pitching in. You're the kind, as I've said already today, maybe sitting on the pew, but not really fully engaging. I really want to encourage you. I hope you're receiving this in this moment. Get involved. Go all in. Here's what the faith of others can do for you. First one is this. The faith of others will give them eyes to see your needs. But you've got to be there to see so that they can see your needs. Amen. The faith of others will give them a vision to get you to Jesus. Sometimes your needs might be so great that you're not able to get to Jesus. But those around you who have the eyes to see your need, they know how to get you there. They'll carry you. Amen. Sometimes uh, the faith of others will move them in a powerful way to execute uh, uh, that vision in the most extraordinary way. Amen. Amen. Just like these, these four brave men who took their brother, they not only uh, got them to Jesus, got him to Jesus, but when they saw that uh, there was another obstacle in the way, they took extraordinary measures to get him there. Amen. This is what the faith of others does for you. I'm not done. Here's another one. The faith of others will attract the attention and the admiration of Jesus. He's got the eyes that are looking for faith. He'll spot it, whether it's yours or even those who are praying for you. Amen. And then finally, the faith of others can secure your healing. Amen. Isn't that good news? What great news. Praise God. You know, we really do our best to practice this at Parkway Church. You can find us at parkwaychurch.com. We're at 1751 East Maryland Avenue. I'm so thrilled to be filling in for Tom Brown today. And you are listening to Koinonia on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. I'm Jeff McAfee. Uh, We'll be back in just a few minutes.
Welcome back to Koinonia on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. I'm Jeff McAfee, filling in for Tom Brown. Today we've been spending some time going over that epic story from the New Testament of the paralyzed man being lowered through the roof uh, to get to Jesus and be healed. Praise the Lord. Uh, Boy, if it weren't for the faith of his friends, where would he be? Uh, What about you? What about you when when you're in a spot where you need the help of others? Uh, I pray that you're involved in a really good community of faith and that uh, and that you're you're really involved amen that you are investing into your community of faith amen be involved in a good church where you like the music you like the preaching uh, but i also want to encourage you that you're never going to find the perfect church amen uh, the, the day that you find the perfect church, you'll be the only one attending. Amen. So I just want to encourage you, get involved, get locked in. Uh, that's okay. Uh, you're going to find things that are not perfect at your church. Get over it and, uh, and get locked in and be a part of that community of faith. Those people, those Christians in your community of faith are going to be there for you in a time where you really need to get to Jesus and you can't get there on your own and you'll be there for them. Amen. I want to just in the last closing moments here, we've just uh, spent some great time going over this story. Uh, I want to draw our attention to this, uh, this, uh, this interesting complaint from the, the teachers of the law. You know, they wanted nothing to do with this. But you know what? God is bigger. They said, you can't do this, Jesus. Only God can do it. Jesus said, oh, yeah, well, uh, watch this. If, if it's only by the divine authority of God that he can heal uh, a paralyzed man, it's by that same divine authority that he can forgive sins. You know, Jesus can heal you and he will forgive your sins. Amen. Father, I thank you for this time today. Lord, bless your people. Let your mercies, your mercies and your blessings just uh, overflow on them. Thank you for this time here to, together today. Uh, we pray this all in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you, and God bless you. Thanks again for listening to Koinonia on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. I've had such a great time uh, guest hosting today for Tom Brown.